what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 73, volume 4 of a special Put On Your Thinking Caps edition of Big Fan. Over the past eight years, we have had the honor of bringing many special guest hosts to the Big Fan studio. Who could forget Olivia East and Harris Imer's special appearance when they enlightened our audience with what is hot and what is not that Christmas season. Hank, do you remember that one? I do remember that one. Or how about Josh Elder's guest host role when he tried to combine his podcast six listeners with big fans 12 listeners? Do you remember that one? Groundbreaking stuff. Absolutely. And of course, we will always remember Addison's, Addison Fox's comeback visit when he attempted to sabotage Hank and win back his role as second Mike on the big fan world famous podcast. Do you remember that one? I've sa- I saved the day. <laughs> you always do, Hank. Robin, to my Batman. <laughs> Today, however, it is safe to say we have our most highly regarded guest of all time in the big fan studio. When he walked in today, the IQ factor of the room, tw- room raised 28 basis points immediately. As he sat down, our producer Moose immediately put on a dunce cap and went directly to go sit in the corner. This gentleman has been bitten by snakes, large spiders, and quite possibly a high school sophomore who forget, forgot to turn in her homework. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce you today, Hickory High School science instructor extraordinaire and potentially Hickory's own version of the crocodile hunter. He is Mr. Kelly Ruff. Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today in the studio. How are things going so far this summer for you, sir? Well, they're going very well. I've been out on lots of adventures this summer, seen lots of cool things, and and uh, it's certainly a pleasure to be here today. Well, we're glad to have you, and we can't wait to hear about all these adventures. Before we get started, though, Hank, Mr. Ruff is a science teacher at Hickory High School, the, the fantastic school where we attended. Yep. So... Mr. Ruff, can you tell us a little bit how you got to Hickory High, you know, your love for science, how, all this good stuff? How did you get here where you are today? Well, it's, uh, it's certainly a pleasure to be at Hickory High. Uh, I came the first time, actually. I was there in 2003 to 2006 and then went to East Burke. I've been teaching now for 26 years. This is my 26-year teaching. Wow. And... Uh, you know, I've been there since, I guess, for the last three years, teaching AP Biology and AP Environmental Science. But I've taught about everything, you know, at one time in science over the years. Um, went to App State, uh, got my master's from Mississippi State. And, uh, cool. you know, I enjoy being outdoors. That's the big thing. So, Yes. Well, Hank is a big outdoorsman, too. Um, and another one of our <laughs> friends is, I'm going to jump right into this because this is a question I must ask you, Mr. Ruff. So we have, and Hank's a, a runner and a biker, and we have some friends who do the same thing. And one of our buddies just got out from being out west, and he was hiking. And he just happens to be hiking along a trail when all of a sudden in his periphery, he says, sees a large bear pop up, you know, just right on the scene. And they kind of look at each other. And he didn't panic. He kind of just stayed still. What is the proper protocol when you're walking on a trail and a large bear pops up on the trail? What do you do? 
Well, the big thing is, you know, you don't want to trigger a predatory response and take off running or, you know, and you don't want to mess with a bear. Uh, the best thing to do is kind of stay still and just slowly back away. If it starts to come closer, then start to make noise and see if you can run it away. And I've always heard that if it attacks, just to play dead. So you, it was yes. probably most likely a black bear because, right. you know, grizzlies really aren't in that area anymore. They used to be years mm-hmm. ago, but they've been eliminated from that part. And uh, it was a black bear. So usually they're harmless. Best thing to do is just kind of watch it. And they're probably accustomed to people anyway. So right. Very just true. let it go about doing its own thing. So when you say scared, you mean like flail your arms like, ah, like this, to, if it's coming at you to really kind of scare the hell out of it? Yeah or, yeah. or take a rock and throw it at its feet or something and try to scare it away. A lot of times they'll, you know, they'll run from you in that, in that case. I've seen a lot of bears myself over the years and uh, actually one of my first jobs was working at Grandfather Mountain when oh, I was cool. in college and I used to work in the animal habitats while I was there. So I would get in a cage with the bears and clean up after them and Sometimes they would just just look at you, and it, it it does make you when you see an animal that large kind of a little bit apprehensive. But as long as you stay away from them and let them do their own thing, you're usually okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, staying on this, so what is the biggest animal that you've seen? You know, what whatever bear that um, could be, you know, behind a cage or in nature. Mm-hmm. What is the largest one that when you saw? Elephants it, like, the biggest, right? To yeah, elephants. elephants the biggest of the terrestrial mammals today. You know, you got blue whales in the ocean, mm-hmm. but, uh, but terrestrial mammal elephants, the biggest, the biggest I've seen personally, uh, you know, I've seen elephants in zoos, of course, but yeah. in the wild, it was a moose. And wow. several years ago, I was, I was hiking in the Tetons and looked over in the woods beside me and there was a moose there with a calf and it was only a few feet away and it was just sitting there looking at me and they can be quite dangerous. So, so I just kind of backed away and moved on by and, and luckily it didn't attack. Because that's the that's the big the big factor is like with bears is you you don't want to startle them you don't want to come yeah. up on them and so like when you're when you're hiking that's like why people are, you know every so often will say hey bear or, you know they have the bells or whatever you know just so that they know that you're yeah. on your way and nine times out of ten they're they're going to move before you even know that they're there but you get in a situation where it's a mother and her baby that's when you really get in trouble. Yeah, then they get very defensive at that point. So, you know, if you're in bear country, it's always a good idea to carry bear spray, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you're out in grizzly country, so parts of Yellowstone and mm-hmm. up into Glacier National Parks if you visit out there. And, uh, you know, if a grizzly attacks, there's really not not a whole lot you can do. You know, you just kind of hope weather, it doesn't kill Weather you. the storm. Weather the storm. And and uh, they're, they're one of the toughest animals I can think about. Well, you know, I I remember a bear attack, uh, you know, reading about a bear attack and the guy survived it and he was taking video of him coming down. His like scalp, part of his scalp was ripped off and everything. And he got attacked again by the same bear. Like the bear had gone off the side of the hill and he had to come down this trail and ended up seeing the bear a second time and he got attacked a second. That's just bad luck. And he survived. (laughs) And he survived. Yeah, that's definitely a bad day. There's no doubt. That's a bad day. Would you be more terrified of this grizzly bear we're talking about or a high school freshman? (laughs) What are you more terrified of? (laughs) I guess it it just depends. Uh, Probably in everyday life, a high school freshman, but uh, but uh, but you know, I guess if I were to meet somebody, meet one on the trail, I'd pick sure. the pick the freshman over the bear. So. Sure. So um, you mentioned you showed me the picture of the snake that you yeah. encountered. Hank has a story about a snake and his son. Yeah. Tell the story. This so, is interesting. So we were in our front yard, and there was a 
a uh, bird's nest and it had fallen out of a tree. And I picked it up. It didn't have any mm-hmm. eggs in it. didn't have anything in it. And I put it on a boxwood that was probably about two feet off the ground. Yeah. And every day my little, my son who was two at the time would go over and he'd point to it and, you know, we'd talk about it, whatever. Well, one day he went out there and a snake had smelled, you know, the bird's nest and it yeah. got up there and, and it knocked it off and it curled on top of the boxwood. Well, my son went over there to point at it and it was a copperhead and it bit him in his finger. Oh no. Yeah. And so he, my wife called me, I was at work. We met at the hospital. He ended up, you know, it was like world war three because it was lunchtime. He hadn't had lunch. He was two. He hadn't taken a nap yet. He had a poopy diaper. You know, it was a World War Three. And he got hit by a guy. Oh, and God. so, so the doctor said that they needed to get all that venom out of mm-hmm. these small compartments. So they said, you know, he's got to hold his arm up for four hours or whatever. Yeah. And telling that little guy to hold his arm up for four hours was a chore. Oh, and so they yeah. knocked him out. And I had to hold his arm up for four hours, but they ended up giving him the antivenom. And, wow. um, you know, which is uh, pretty interesting. But I've heard a funny thing, and maybe you can yeah. clear this up about the ven- antivenom. I have heard that you can only take it one time. Is that true? You know, I've heard that too. So uh, apparently people develop, you know, alert can be uh, develop allergic reactions to it. And uh, that can be really, really dangerous if right. you do. So you can end up having anaphylaxis or some type of response that stops your breathing and you know, have some really serious reactions. I've heard that, so I can't say for sure. That well, that I don't want to. I don't want to pay for it again. But, uh, it was. Way, heard yeah, it's I've heard it's very expensive. expensive. And, yeah, you know, and copperheads are very common yeah. in North yeah. Carolina. I think North Carolina leads or used to lead the nation in snake bites, and copperhead was the number mm-hmm. one culprit. Yeah, and uh, I know several people that have been bitten by copperheads over the years, and and uh, you know sometimes they can deliver a dry bite with no venom, and sometimes they. You know, biting it can uh, really cause some serious complications. So it really yeah. just depends. I know my wife's uncle was bitten twice uh, by copperheads the same day, and he ended up having to take the antivenin as well. So yeah. it can be serious. Yeah, rattlesnakes can are even more serious if you're bitten, but luckily they're not. You know, not as not quite as aggressive as copperheads. Yeah, I was actually almost bitten by a copperhead last year up in the Harper Creek area. I went trout fishing up there. It was late evening. And I was walking back on a trail, and there was a, uh, it was close to dark, and there was a tall embankment, and I saw something just shoot out in front of my front leg and look down at my feet, and it was a copperhead caught up ready to strike. So, so you've got to really be careful with yeah. those. And they're in hickory. You know, yeah. they're, they're I've killed two in my yard in the last, yeah, one in the last year, and obviously saw another one when Harris was bit. So they're around. Yeah, they I are. I feel like we're like a temple of doom over there. Right when it all happened, I told Reagan, I was my wife. I said yeah. we might want to just concrete this whole yard. You know, let's just <laughs> just get rid of it. But yeah. you know, the other thing is, is we back up to Glen Hilton Park. Yeah, and there. At least once a month, we have hawks and owls in our, in our, around our house all yeah. the time. And I will see a hawk come down and pick up a snake Wow! and fly off. Yeah, that, they're, uh, they're, they love to eat snakes. And just an interesting story, when I was teaching years ago, I was at East Burke High School at the time. And uh, I'd had this group of students. It was a pretty rough group of students. And on my way to school one morning, I saw this freshly killed hawk in the road and I thought to myself, well, what a cool story or what a cool assignment to have my students kind of dissect the hawk and maybe we could skin it and save the skin. So uh, I took it into that and I decided to to actually let that group of students work with it that day. And the first thing when when I actually started dissecting the hawk that I pulled out of the snake's mouth 
was a snake. So what had happened is it flipped flown down near the road and it eaten the snake and got hit by a car as oh, it was gosh. flying back up. So, but the students' uh, eyes when they saw that snake coming out of the hawk's mouth were as big as golf balls, I bet. and they never gave me any more trouble the rest of the ah, year. Sure. They probably thought I was crazy at that point. So we needed you back when I was a senior in Mr. Letterlow's class, and I'll tell you why we dissected frogs. Yeah, and there was a gentleman in my class. His name was Jabril Walls. You know Jabril, I know Jabril. and he was mm-hmm. a character. I mean, just a character. Yeah. And so he thought it would be funny while we were dissecting frog to take a frog lung and throw it up and try. Mr. Letterlow had his head back to us to land it on Mr. Letterlow's bald head. <laughs> <laughs> he missed. It went over. Mr. Letterlow turned around and saw Jabril had done it. Asked Jabril to sit outside, and Jabril liked to dance. Yeah. And he said, "Here's your penalty, Jabril." For throwing a frog's lung at me in the middle of class, you have to sit outside the class, and I want you to dance for 45 minutes. So Jabril had to sit out the door and dance the whole class as we dissected frogs. Well, yeah, that's well, hilarious. That, that was a good way to handle it, too. So, <laughs> yeah, he, Mr. Yeah. Letterlow was the coolest. He, he, I mean, he was he's so, great, so he's cool. He's a great fellow. So. Absolutely. Does you know if he still lives in town? Uh, you know, I haven't seen him since COVID, but he was subbing some at the high school okay. up until then. Well, I hope he listens so, to this because I wanted to, I'd never really got a chance to tell One of the 12. What? One of the 12 listeners. Yeah, one of the 12 <laughs> listeners. Yeah, because uh, anyway, he, he made learning, and this is how Olivia tells me you make it in their class mm-hmm. too, your class, fun. She wants yeah. to go to class. I wanted to go to, bit. Yeah. we called him Big L. Big L's class all the time because we always learning something new. So I guess that takes a scientific mind or maybe just a mind that wants knowledge. Takes a mind. Yeah. Just takes a mind. Chad, <laughs> Chad, it takes a mind. That's all it takes. We see where you're at uh, okay, in this yes. whole equation. Well, I, I do much. think the students respond better to experiential learning, you know, real-life experiences. Uh, they, they, they do look forward to coming to class. Yes, when absolutely. You do those types of things. So. Well, Mr. Ruff, you know, last week on the Discovery Channel, it was Shark Week. It's a li- one of Olivia's and my favorite mm-hmm. weeks because we, you know, we put on our, our Jaws hats and we go and watch uh, Discovery Channel Shark Week. Some of the episodes are terrible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you might have Shaq on there and – yeah, <laughs> it's, they're just Look trying at to my foot compared yeah, exactly. to the dorsal fin, dorsal of, the, fin of the blue shark <laughs> is the same size, but blah blah blah. You know, there's some that are actually really good. Well, had a couple questions that I've got some shark uh, week big fans too that are um, friends of mine, and so this particular question is coming from Roger. All right, Roger wants to know there seems to be so many more great white sightings throughout the country up north, mm-hmm. even off the coast of North Carolina. I mean, what do you attribute this? all these more frequent sightings, they're coming closer to shore too. What, what do you think about this? What is the reason? Yeah. Well, you know, there could be a bunch of things in play. I think their numbers for great whites are, are making a comeback to some degree. Great. Uh, and I think, and I think food sources up North, you know, seals, they love seals. to eat seals. Yeah. So there's a lot of seals up in places like, you know, Cape Cod and off of Massachusetts and that area. And it could be, you know, they don't know for sure, but maybe something attributed to climate change. Climate, yep. Yeah, That would make some sense. You know, let's say we do, and I'm going to the beach with my family. We go to Oak mm-hmm. Island, and there have been a couple, actually a couple of weird things that have happened on there we'll talk about in a second. But one of them, there's been actually a couple of shark attacks, let's yeah. say, down there over the last two summers. Let's say we're swimming and we do encounter a shark. What do we do? And let's, you know, he's coming up on us. What do we do? I've always heard punch him in the yeah, nose. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Punch it in the nose if you right. can. Uh, you know, usually if a shark comes up on you, it's thinking that it's probably seeing your feet move and thinking it's a school of fish. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, from what I've heard, menhaden are being protected in a lot of areas, and menhaden are one of the, you know, primary fish that sharks feed on. So they're after these big schools of bait that are in. Yeah. And uh, if they see your feet moving quickly, they they mistake it. You know, they're they're detecting. You know, they don't see really well. They're right. detecting with vibrations and sure. things like that, and they think that it's a school of fish. So they attack, and usually, usually the shark attacks aren't fatal, but if a shark bites you, your feet, their teeth are sharp and mm-hmm. sharp, and it can, you know, cause some serious problems. Yeah, and the other thing that I've heard, and our neighbor Jennifer's family has a place down there, and their neighbor lives down there full time. Mm-hmm. There's alligators swimming in the ocean around the shore these days. They yeah. spotted two. Yeah. So now there's sharks and there's alligators. What are we gonna do about this? Well, it's, it sounds like we're in quite a dilemma here. So. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, typically alligators prefer fresh water. So he's just probably trying to find it's, it's trying to find trying itself to way to home. the yeah. closest fresh water it can. Yeah. Crocodiles, though, you know, they don't they don't mind salt water. Right. So, uh, but alligators are just, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about it. They'll they'll find some fresh water. Their numbers are increasing as well. Yes. So they're protecting North Carolina. Alligators are definitely increasing. And, uh, you know, North Carolina is probably the northern limit of the range. They make it up to about uh, Nags Head, that area, mm-hmm. Alligator River. And, uh, you know, possibly historically up into southern Virginia, but their numbers have definitely increased over the past several years. Who buys property on Alligator River? I mean, who wants to be on Alligator River? Yeah. Really? Not I. I mean, that seems like that's a pretty dangerous <laughs> yeah. place. You yeah. pass over it when you go to Nags Head and Outer Banks. But, uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful area down there. It's a wildlife refuge. They have red wolves and, okay. and uh, actually have the – Largest black bear density. Talking about bears of anywhere in North America. In Nagshead, it's just just uh, west of Nagshead. When you cross wow. the sound over to Alligator River. Wow, crazy! So it's a cool place. Staying on this, some, I mentioned before the podcast. My mom just got back from Africa and she saw some amazing things. So one thing that she saw, they took a hot air balloon mm-hmm. over some of these rivers, and while they went over a river, they saw a twenty foot alligator. Right? Is that? I mean. Crocodile. Crocodile. Yeah. Crocodile. I was going to ask you, crocodiles are tend to be bigger than alligators, correct? Yes, uh, at least the Nile crocodile. Now, we do have an American crocodile that's native to South Florida as well. And, uh, you know, crocodiles are typically a little more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, if you're swimming in the river with a Nile crocodile, crocodile you're just another prey item. Uh, you're a goner. You know, there's, there's one apparently in Rwanda. Uh, Gustav is his name. It's like legendary. Supposedly, has killed over three hundred people. So, uh, how big is that guy? And it's over twenty feet, apparently. And he's been shot <clears throat> several times, trapped and escaped. You know, it's more a lot of legends. Yeah, so a lot of lore. A lot of lore attached, but definitely, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely an animal to to be scared of. You know, alligators can kill people as well. You hear about it from time to time. But well, one happened just Myrtle Beach two weeks ago. A ten footer yeah. got a dude on a golf course. Yeah, I heard that. What was so. he doing on a golf? Course? Going to get his ball? I, <laughs> no pro V one is worth going after. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I it, when when animals attack. All right, let's. Can I ask a question here? Of course. When animals attack, how much of it is ignorance? On like, I mean, like I've been to Yellowstone with her uh, last year, a year before. And you see people with their camera walking 10 feet from a bison. When that bison runs you over, I don't hold that bison. I, you're in my territory. Like, what's the, I, I think that it's bad etiquette on the, the people majority sure. of the time. Like, I, do I need to go fish out my golf ball in this, this, this alligator, alligator swamp? river? No, exactly not. 
What do you say about this? It's probably not the wisest choice. You know, you don't want to approach wild animals and go into their habitat. And uh, a lot of people that are bitten probably were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. So you certainly don't want to want to win a Darwin Award for for doing something that uh, that you shouldn't be doing for doing something stupid. Yeah. So try to stay away from stay away from those animals if they're dangerous like that. Got another one for you. So another one of our friends just got back from Key West. And they said there's iguanas all over the mm-hmm. place, like almost kind of taking over. And so there is a group of gentlemen, women, whatever. They round up iguanas every day and they just kill them because they say they're an invasive space, species or something. Yeah. So what tell me. So what do the iguanas do? They just eat all the vegetation and why are they trying to get rid of the iguanas? Yeah, it's like any other invasive species. So it probably depends on the type of iguana, and I'm not sure exactly what kind they are, but a lot of them do eat vegetation. And, and any invasive species, you know, since there's no competition from, from other animals, is going to wreak havoc on the environment. So Florida just seems to be full of invasive species, whether it's pythons now or, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever. There's so many things down there that can live in that climate. I heard that there was a, uh, and this may be lore too, I heard that one of the problems with Florida is they had a uh, research center that was like snakes, Mm -hmm. like a huge resource center, and it was near the Everglades. And uh, it flooded, and all of those animals were released back into it. And so it like helped double the population or something. Like it was under control, and now it's just getting to the point. Yeah, that may be the, uh, you know, apparently during Hurricane Andrew, I think it was 1995, Yeah. There were a lot of things that got released when that went through. So, yeah. um, and their numbers, like I said, there's no no predators really down there that can keep them under control. So, so they've, they're, they're, you know, Florida's definitely under attack from lots of invasive species. Invasive so. species. Mm-hmm. Take all the good parking lot spaces. You know, <laughs> just yeah. leaving their trash everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, a couple more animal questions, and then we'll get to my favorite topic, which is space. Oh, okay. Okay. So. My mom got back from Africa. I mentioned to you before the podcast also that she was able to see one of the last, she told me, the last white rhinos left in the world. Yeah. I mean, so we're talking about a handful of these beautiful creatures, specifically these white rhinos. There's other what, black and mm-hmm. Amer- I don't know what the other were, African rhino, all kinds yeah. of different species. But the last few in the world, that is so sad. She said they were so beautiful, too. Just amazing animal. Um what do you know about the just is it really just a handful left well it, it's probably just one of the sp- subspecies of white rhino i know is uh highly endangered and their numbers i think one of them was down to just maybe a, a couple of males left in the world at one time so yeah. you know it's really sad to see animals get to that point and uh most of it's probably because of poaching for the rhino horns and and also habitat destruction there's a lot yeah. of habitat loss in different places and uh you know, it's definitely a sad scenario. Um, you know, once numbers get depleted so low, too, there's so little genetic variation in the population that even if you had a few breeding pairs, it's not able to sustain, sustain. itself. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a, there was a, so. I saw an article on a, a gentleman that was a photographer, and he actually captured, and it was a red wolf, or something. it was some sort mm-hmm. of red, it was either a wolf or something, and he, they, he, they had neg- like said that there's maybe six left. I mean, they just mm-hmm. it's it's this very specific uh, animal. And he was like, you know, I, I've been taking photography my entire life, 
and always had my eyes open for one of these and have never. And he was like, it just, and he, wow. it was like a fading glimpse of it going into the woods. Yeah. Where did he see it? I don't know. I have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, Alligator River, speaking of that's where the red wolves are too. So on the way down to Nags Head, see? there's actually yeah. signs on the road. North Carolina has the largest population of red wolves in the country. And it was a, a reintroduction project. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest threats to those is interbreeding with coyotes. So red wolves will interbreed with coyotes, and we have coyotes everywhere now. Yeah. So they're in hickory. They're all around. You'll see them in town even occasionally. Yeah. And isn't it true if you see like a coyote, like a coyote in the middle of the day, kind of like a raccoon in the middle of the day or a fox in the middle of the day, and he's not really hiding, they mm-hmm. probably have rabies or something like that. Is it that could, true? It could definitely have something. Most of the time animals are going to be scared when they see people. So uh, if you see it just not acting normal, stay away from it Yeah, and because uh, it could be diseased yeah, for sure. Well, let's make this, mix this question. And Olivia, you know, she shared the curriculum that you, you guys do, and gene genetics was a part mm-hmm. of the cur- curriculum. So, you know, Jurassic Park, we've all seen it. We're talking about extinct animals or animals that are close to mm-hmm. extinction. Do you believe, you know, just like the movie did, that you could – humans are capable of bringing back – Species that are no longer with us: the dodo bird, yeah. the con, the California condor, the yeah. white rhino. If they were to become extinct, do we have the potential to do that now? Yeah, they're working on cloning the woolly mammoth right now. That's so right. They, they say within ten years they may be able to bring it back. So, do what do you think? What do you back? think about that? Do we want to bring that you guy know, back? It brings in a lot of ethical questions. Sure. You know, do you do you bring back an animal that? Do we know for sure what the habitat was like when it was here? You know, there's a reason sometimes for things going extinct. Right. So we have to be sure that it has a place to live and thrive, you know, or it's not, you know, it's not ethical to bring those types of things back. But it's definitely up for debate. We'd love to see them. I'd love to see one. I'd love to see what a mammoth was like. And But at the same time, you know, if it's not able to th- able, able to thrive, then maybe not. Next thing you know, we're going to have pterodactyls in the sky. Wouldn't that be some stuff? You know, some, this has got to be full of bull. But I heard there's potential. You, you know what a megalodon is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so the take the great white, which could be 20 feet. Mm-hmm. They were 60 feet. Yeah. And they had this bite radius that was tw- their jaws are 12 yeah, feet yeah. tall. That there's potential because the, the, the oceans, you know, we've only um, ex- um, checked out, I've just explored. Portion, explored, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just a very small portion of really what lies down deep below any chance that something a creature like that a a, a megalodon could still exist in today's time well it would be highly unlikely because it's got to have a lot of food to survive and most of the food is up in the top zone where light penetrates the ocean so when you get down that low there's not as many things but you know there's places we find life where people wouldn't think that it exists so deep sea vents have lots of life around them and but uh, having a, enough food available to feed an animal that large, you know, would have yeah. to move. It's primarily, uh, you know, one of the favorite foods of megalodon was whales. It would eat whales and dolphins and, you know, things like that. Right. So, you know, we would see them near the surface if they were still here. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. And, and, and so my son, my father-in-law, 30 years ago, 
lent a guy some money and the guy said as collateral, I want you, I'll give you this. And it was a, a pitcher box and it was shark teeth, mm-hmm. all of them. And the center tooth is probably that big. Yeah. And there's probably four and it, it to, it's a small plate. Now it, it's, it's bigger than a, like a, a tea saucer. I mean, it is, oh, it is mm-hmm. a big tooth and you know that it had to come from something yes. like a megalodon and he would get it from diving underneath the um bridge in charleston mm-hmm. and he would have bring buckets of these teeth up wow right uh, and so i mean yeah. that is one thing like i can get behind that that animal you know that animal existed because you can oh, yeah. i mean you see those teeth and you see everything mm-hmm. else Be, uh, but could you imagine being in the can being I? on a cruise ship <laughs> and it going down and It'd be like a buffet. You know, another crazy thing about these sharks' teeth, we watched this on Sharks Week. So there's a desert in New Mexico. They find megalodon sharks because it used to be an ocean, an ocean, you know? And now it's, you know, no longer. It's just desert. But they'll just start tapping on the the rock and it'll break away and you'll see a huge tooth embedded into the rock. Yeah. Just amazing in a desert. So North Carolina, it has a great place to find megalodon teeth. So Aurora, a phosphate pit down in the Eastern part of the state. Uh, You you can't go in there, but uh, they find tons of great teeth down there. Wow. Uh, Cool. The Cooper river is another good place. That's where they got the Austin. Yeah. Yeah, So that's a, that's another good place. But but yeah, I guess they went extinct 20 million years ago or so, and mm-hmm. and uh, I would say there's nothing like that left. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, a couple real other quick que- uh, questions. My a couple people wanted to ask. Addison actually had one. Oh gosh. Um, if you wanted to start a basketball team with five animals, what would they be? So, <laughs> are you? So do you know? Are you? A sport, are you a sports guy? Yeah, I, I love sports. Okay. I love so sports. give me your yeah. point guard. So we well, needed somebody quick and crafty. You gotta have somebody quick and crafty. That's for right. That. So yeah. maybe. Uh, you know, uh, a good edible for that's probably. Let me think a little bit. Maybe a uh, maybe a cheetah. He's fast. He goes fast. Yeah, he can move up and down the court really quick. All right, let's go for the two. The point of the uh, shooting guard. What are we looking for? The attributes of our shooting guard animal here. Selfish. <laughs> that's that's true. Looking to get yeah. his shot at I all times. I want to get my Looking, shot at yes. all times. Yeah. Right? Aggressive, yeah. aggressive. Yeah. So who would we put there in that role? A shooting guard. I'd go with some type of bird of prey for that. Maybe a maybe a hawk because it's got such good vision. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So maybe maybe a hawk would That's be a good. good. Maybe cool. a red tail hawk or some type of bird of prey. I like that. Now we'll move to number three, which is our small forward. Sometimes you know this person, he can go out in the wing and he can shoot a jump shot, but he'll go down low and he can get some rebounds. For Probably you too. scrappy. Let's say he's a scrappy animal. Who would this oh, be? That's definitely got to be a wolverine or a honey badger. One of the two. Love so. that. Man, this yeah, team is a, a hell of a team yeah, so far. Honey badger. I'm really yeah. liking this team. Yeah, All right. Are... Four. Power forward. He's going to, you know, he athletic, but I'm, he's not the most athletic guy on the team. He's going to get a bunch of boards for us. He's going to set some really solid picks. He's got a pretty good low-range game, but we're thinking he's a pretty strong fella. Four. Oh, that's got to be – that's your grizzly bear. He's oh, a bear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking grizzly or gorilla. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Gorilla yeah, would be a good too. one, too. Yeah, yeah that's And a good for choice. our center spot, you know, he's our five. Who are we looking yeah, for? Yeah, we've got to have a really tall, tall guy. guy. So uh, – How about a giraffe? A giraffe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey, I like that. That's a, a good choice. Yes. Good choice. Okay, yeah. wonderful. Well, good one. Yeah. I, I like this team. I think we'd probably go undefeated. You think? Yeah, I think we'd probably get I it think done. Honey Badger gets suspended before the end of the first quarter. Foul out of the game. He will. Yes. He will. Two more funny ones that I thought okay. were pretty funny. So, do you watch movies? Are you a Disney fan or anything like this? 
I don't get to watch as many as I, I should or could, but but I like movies. This came from my nephew, all right? He's a Disney guy. There's a character mm-hmm. called Goofy. Yeah. He wants to know, is Goofy a cow or dog? Think about what Goofy looks like. I mean, he's got all the attributes of yeah. a dog, but he's got attributes of a cow as well. Where would you lean? I always thought he was a dog, but I thought he was a dog too. <laughs> but, but you know, it could be a cow. It could be, could could be a be. hybrid. Could yeah. be a hybrid. Yeah. All right, and last but not least, let's say you're swimming in the ocean, and a blue whale is behind you. And you know, blue whales aren't—they're not trying to hurt anybody. They mm-hmm. eat krill and they eat plankton. I guess is yeah, that right? Yeah. And but they're big. And say you're swimming, and he just happens. You happen to be in his way while he's eating his breakfast, and you go down into the blue whale. Your chance of survival. What are you? Can you live down there in the blue whale for a little bit? Is he going to spit you out? What's he going yeah, to do? I've heard stories about it, but uh, hopefully, I'd never. Once you go down to where all those muscles are, I think you'd be crushed. crushed. But if you got maybe in his mouth for a few seconds, and hopefully you'd taste bad. I'm sure I would taste bad, and he'd spit me right back up. Yes. So. Yeah, there's a video of yeah. two girls on a paddleboard. And yeah. it was coming up underneath them for Creole or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was coming up underneath them, and they just happened to be a bad spot. And they, they went into his mouth. But I don't know what ended up happening well, because the board went in there, too. Yeah, and that might yeah. have saved their Can life. Can you imagine how scary that would be? No. <laughs> You're getting sucked no. out of a whale's mouth? No. You're just I on a imagine. leisurely stroll with your girlfriend. I would, I have, a, I would have a heart attack. Oh, yeah. of course. I couldn't imagine. It would be awful. Yeah. Do you, look, you guys have been watching a little bit of Shark Week, yeah. I imagine, or some. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Have you seen the video of the guy in the box, the clear box, during Shark Week? Have you seen this? Yeah. And the, the shark comes through it? comes through, through the, the box, box and it's like his mouth is like right here beside the guy and he lives to fight another day yeah i think he wow. like punched him out or i always like the polar bear the guy in the in the, oh, yeah. in the cage yeah. and the polar bear Gosh, comes along and he tries wild. to bite through the glass and yeah, that'd, that'd be scary it'd be scary have you ever swam with go. sharks or done any of that stuff you know if you go to the beach you'd be amazed at how many sharks were around yeah because i can see them from the pier a lot of time when i walk out there and there are sharks everywhere. Yeah. So we're just going into their environment. So yeah, right. it's amazing when you look at as many people are in the oceans yeah. that there's as few shark attacks proportionally as there are. So, Well, Olivia would kill me if I didn't ask you this question because she asks everybody this question. She's mm-hmm. asked me this a million times. What's your favorite animal? She always asks, what's your favorite animal? Do you have one in particular that you just... Uh, you know, really are fond of? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I like them all, but uh, I've always been a reptile guy. And one of my favorite in North Carolina is the rattlesnakes. I love mm. timber rattlesnakes, and they're just fascinating animals to me. So so when you hear the tick, 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 yeah, you know I get excited. Do you really? Or I run the other way. You get excited, I take off. Yeah. What's your favorite animal? I'm a tiger guy. I like tigers. Yeah, I like tigers too. Big into tigers. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was born 1974 too in the Chinese year uh, New Year calendar. It is the year of the tiger. Okay. You know? So, wow. Good work. Yeah, I recently saw their numbers are increasing, which is a good sign. So, so their numbers are going back at more protection and It seems like all the the things that can really hurt us are getting, you know, gaining in numbers. Sharks, (laughs) you know, tigers, all these things. Yeah, this is a really terrible question that we'll get off the movies. No, that's okay. but no one's ever asked this before, so let's ask the science wizard. Are manatees, which are cute mm-hmm. as can be, these little mm-hmm. guys are floating around, they could hurt us. So, are they edible? 
Are could they? you eat a manatee? I guess you could, but I wouldn't. I, <laughs> That's I wouldn't. a great white yeah, like I don't snack. know what it yeah. would taste like either. So. Yeah, but, but you never see like yeah. manatee meat anywhere, right? Yeah. It's I, listen, <laughs> listen. Yeah, you've known me all my life just about. You ever see me eat a manatee? I mean, look at you. I figured out he oh, probably had one or on two. Now. One or two manatees in your day, buddy. But... <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Well, hey, that wraps up the animal portion of the questions that I had from the buddies. Do you have any others? This one wanna... isn't. This is an animal. This is this is moving on to something a little bit different because I know you want to get straight into aliens, okay. which is you know your your deal. I get it. Let's talk about it. I okay. get it. Okay. But um, I want to know your opinion on daylight savings. You know, now that they've passed the bill to, um, I guess eliminate it. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Now that they've passed the bill to eliminate it what impact will that have on like, I mean, you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, there's people out there, one of our good friends, uh, LT Thompson, his brother says it's killing people. Daylight savings is killing people. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, but what's your, what's your like, uh, thought? I, I, th- I think just one time will be perfect for me. Um, I'm perfectly fine with, with doing away with it. Yeah. I know my grand great granddad would never change his clocks. He always left them, and oh. he, he just when when that came about daylight savings time, he never went to it. Why was it established anyway? Was it for farming? Was it for what was it for? I'm not even sure. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. it's still, you know, I mean, we're still going to. I I don't understand it either, but I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to watch the effects of it because, you, you know, we where the shorter day is where, you know, I mean, sunrise and sunsets, it's going to be interesting to see, but, um, I was excited when I heard, I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but apparently it's killing people. <laughs> it always takes me a week or so to get adjusted to the time when it changes. So sure. So it'll be nice to not have to do that. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move a little bit into some, uh, Einstein theories mm-hmm. and some time gravity, all kinds of wonderful mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. this. Okay. Weird question. Let's say I'm getting on a plane. And this little fly is buzzing around me, and he's on my shoulder as we get mm-hmm. into the plane, and then he starts flying around. And now the plane takes off, and we're flying at a, at a, 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 a higher rate of speed. So now we're yeah. flying at 200 miles an hour, 300 miles an hour. Four. Yeah. This fly is flying. He's buzzing around. Is this fly flying at 480 miles per hour? How, what, what, how do we describe what he's doing? Well, it's all relative. It's all it's relative. All relative. So go. to someone on the ground, it's going that fast. But in the plane, if you're sitting there in a the chair, it's just a fly it's like just, it's buzzing in a room. It's no different. Yeah, so I mean, it's all about rel- you know, rel- relativity. What do you think? You got sl- uh, slingshotted up there? Huh? <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking? I mean, are his wings flying even faster now he's going 500 now, miles per hour? if he smacks no. the side of a building or a tree at that speed. Yeah. It'll feel like he's going. It, it, it'll be, <laughs> there won't be much left. So. Yeah. 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 Just throwing it out there, man. Good question. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you very much. So all relative to the observer. That, that's speed. Exactly right. yeah. You think like if you're in the plane and you got in the aisle and you <laughs> jumped, you'd fly back to the back? I mean, do you believe that? Have you ever tried that? Do, do you Have believe you tried that? that? Have you tried it? <laughs> this is this is going south quick. Well, I guess if you know, if you were if you jumped and whatever system you were a part of was able to take off before before you started. Yeah. Then I guess you would fly to the back, but if it's already moving and you jump, you're just moving along with it. Yeah. So is it easy for you when you, uh, your scientific mind, that you know I, I like learning about people, the scientists that were here before us, the Einsteins and all this, and I try to follow. 
do their brains work in just different ways? You know, like I can't even put together the things that he was seeing and writing. I can't. Yeah, I can't for imagine. Einstein, as bright as he was, he definitely had to. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's one of the smartest people to ever live for certain. And, uh, you know, I've heard stories. You can see him. He put his shoes on backwards and basic everyday tasks <clears throat> were somewhat of a problem. But, you know, as far as scientific problem solving, he was incredible. His brain so, was just wired to think a little different than others? Wired a little differently. And it's they say we only, you know, we use less than 10% of our brain. And I guess people use different parts. Right. And do you think that there are other people out there like, you know, Let's. Wouldn't this be a shame if you know another Einstein or uh, someone who can think like he live in some jungle in Africa and has never been a, had a chance to get an education to yeah. pull that out of you? I mean, are there other Einsteins all over this world, or was he like one of a kind? You know, he might have been one in millions, but you would think out of all the billions of people in the world today that there's definitely be some... people out there like that. Yes. And a lot of them, unfortunately, probably never received the education that we're privileged to here in the United States. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that leads me to my next question about space, which is, uh, okay, which, which is, you know, Hank's favorite subject too. So Kelly, I believe that they're, the vast universe, there has to be life out there. I just believe mm -hmm. that in my heart uh, that there is. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to me that there wouldn't be. So let me ask you this. I, I like to ask questions that make your brain hurt. People mm -hmm. say, I like to get deep. I like to think deep. And it's faith-related. It's science-related. It's kind of a combination of them both. But the Big Bang was 13.4 billion years ago, mm -hmm. roughly, give or mm -hmm. take. What was here before that? And what was here yeah. before that? You, I don't think our brains can think that far or that deep to try to understand what was here before the universe. Yeah, we, you know, we don't have all the answers to these questions. And, you know, it doesn't bother me that we may never know the answers. So before that, you know, who knows, right? Yeah. So that's... Uh, but I'm like you, you know, as far as life being out there, uh, we see the latest images from the new telescope, yeah. and it, one yeah. image showed like a trillion stars or something. Yeah. So as vast as the universe is, uh, it would be absurd to think we're the only life out there, as, as massive as the universe is. Right. And they were saying that, that the light that was like, gathered from that telescope, some mm -hmm. of that light had been traveling like 4.6 billion years. Yeah, and it yeah. travels at like, you know, 300,000 kilometers per second. So yeah. think about how far away that how is, far away to, that is to move that quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think since that telescope, they, they showed those images and it's, you know, the size of a, on a map, it's the size of a dime or a quarter or whatever. Not and even you, that. It's yeah, you're looking smaller. at a, just a minuscule yeah. size. How can there not be other galaxies, others? Because I also saw that there was this one that was like a pinwheel. And it, they said it was two galaxies that collided. Mm -hmm. And it made this yeah. this pinwheel. And how many of those are uh, happening every day that we just don't know about? So, I mean, yeah. it is yeah. crazy. I, I, I give Chad a lot of grief because he thinks that people come down here and slap high fives and yeah. aliens. Do, I've you know. not said that. I've seen, I've encountered some weird things. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken to a pilot or two friend of ours that had seen weird mm -hmm. things that you 
he can't can't define or describe really um, not he's never seen before he can't you know describe them like he would say oh that's definitely a plane or that's a helicopter or that's a balloon Mm -hmm. he cannot tell me exactly what he saw so that's why I asked those questions I'll tell the story real quick we got to get out of here in a couple minutes but um, two years ago you know what? I'm going to say that for the next time because this one will okay. lead us into a longer <laughs> okay. and we don't have the time. Okay. Wormholes. Talk to me about wormholes. Okay, so you, you, we know what wormholes are. They're supposed to be a place where you can go and then you get transported to another dimension, another part yeah. of the universe, all this stuff. I have heard where I've been told there are potential wormholes on planet Earth. You know, in the past, I've heard there's wormholes out mm-hmm. in the galaxy. If you could get to and you could get to the wormhole, it would take you to another part, another dimension or another part of our universe yeah. billions of yeah. years ago or way. Could wormholes potentially be on our Earth? Well, uh, I guess they could be. That's not my area of expertise, but uh, I guess anything's possible out there. So. Yes. So I wouldn't say no that it's impossible, but you know, I'm thinking that they, I'll they have could an open be. mind about it. Thank I'll you. Have an open mind. This ocean, you know, it's uh, it's been unexplored. It could be wormholes down there, wormholes to take us to another yeah. dimensions, another parts of the universe. Maybe in one Something of those deep sea vents somewhere, you know, you could just go exactly. through and travel and Absolutely. <laughs> end up somewhere else. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and we've already talked about <laughs> the number one question that I had was, "Are we alone in the universe?" And you've answered that very. Very well. Yeah. Hank, you've never answered it. Are we alone in this universe? Until it's proven to me that they're not. I mean, you know, I I think that there's the potential to be other people there. And with it being so vast out there that we we just, you know, there might be something else going on over there. But I don't think I'm prepared to say, yes, there is life (laughs) when I have not seen evidence of life. Because we certainly are. You know, you, you think, hey, we're we're making, we got our lights up and we're flashing, and everybody could come see us, or we're doing elect or electro waves that people could catch on. We're the speck of sand mm-hmm. in the ocean. So, I mean, I'm not canceling it out, but show me. Understood. But show me. And one other question, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. But you know, scientific technologies have transformed our earth over the last 100 i mean think about the growth that's happened oh, it's the amazing. last 100, incredible yeah. 200 years 340 what i know you can't predict the future but what do you see over the next 100 years for humans i mean we've got a lot of obstacles in front of us you know mm-hmm. the climate change and you know an asteroid potentially i mean there's all kinds of obstacles to avoid what do yeah. you predict for human the human humans the next over the next 100 years yeah well, human, human civilization human population growth is uh you know, a big, a big issue. And that's really contributing to every factor where we're seeing these environmental problems today. So whether it's climate change, you know, I'm hoping to see some positives. I think we do have the capacity to solve a lot of these problems. So hopefully we'll develop some solutions and come up with clean energy, uh, help protect a lot of our uh, habitats and ecosystems that are out there. And certainly, you know, we want to live sustainably and protect it for future generations. That's what I always teach my students. And I definitely believe in sustainability and, you know, and, uh, but I do think we have a lot of capacity, particularly with new technology to solve a lot of problems. But we've got a lot of challenges too. New diseases, just like we saw with COVID, very who true. knows what's out there. Very true. And on the political scale, you know, look at the world now, it's a very dangerous place with China and, you know, Russia and you know, other other adversaries, I guess, that are out there, you know, you hope we don't do something with nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. 
That, that was going to be my yeah, next question. So. Are you worry more about an asteroid collision destroying Earth or humans destroying Earth? Uh, probably us. Probably sure. humans, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah, we've got to be we got to be smarter as we continue to grow and solve some of the problems and you know help protect uh, help protect for future generations. Well, with people like you educating and helping our kids this place will be a better world. So thank you for doing everything that you do. And thanks for coming to the studio today. Oh, thanks for having me today, guys. It's I been a really real pleasure. It. Yeah, good. It well, good. Well, Hank, you got anything else before we wrap up today? No, I think I am uh, good. I will say that I took a Chad hashtag Chad Tuesday, got out of work a little early, yeah. went to a movie. Today? No. Oh. This is last week. <laughs> okay. Is, my wife wanted to go see a movie. So I got out of work. And when I was driving to the theater... I said, this is a Chad Tuesday. This is a Chad Tuesday. <laughs> just to fill you in on this, Kelly, before COVID, every now and then, I would take a Tuesday and just go to the theater by myself yeah. I, if like I wanted to. two o'clock. If I wanted to be in light. If something was like really like Interstellar was there one time or Inception, these scenes that make, <laughs> make your brain work, I would like to go and I like to go by myself. So, But anyway, Hank's taking my place in, in that movie role now. So way to go, Hank. I'm leaving for the beach next week, Hank. So am I. So are you. And you're going to? I'm going to Wild Dunes. Wild Dunes, and I'll be at Oak Island, so okay. we won't see each other, but you look at the same moon I look at at night, and we'll say what's up. We'll say a lot. All right. And All to right. our audience out there, big fan, thank you for listening. Can't wait to check you out in two weeks. Thank you to Mr. Ruff for joining us today. Peace. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.